Welcome to another edition of The Gulo. Well, uh, welcome back after what seems like a, a, a long season and a long drought of not having any Gulo episodes out there. Uh, um, I have the pleasure of being with Dan May here today. Um, Dan, how you doing, bud? I'm good, man. It's, it's really good to, to see you and uh, to talk to you. And, and uh, this, this, is, this is one of my favorite times of the year when it comes to sports. Yeah. It's a great time, man. You got March Madness, especially when Michigan's going far in, in the tournament and they're they're doing really well. Um, we'll get into that here in a little bit. And we got baseball kicking off. Michigan baseball is doing pretty well. Uh, the Tigers are starting opening day in the next week. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's an exciting time. Then obviously football is a 365-day sport, so you always have news on what's happening, especially with the drama at a – you know, in Ann Arbor, when it comes to Michigan football, you're always trying to figure out what Harbaugh is doing next or what's going to be the next steps for the program. And so, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on here, man. Um, again, it's been, it's been a couple months, a lot of great life changes, but uh, now I feel like we have some time where we can actually sit down and continue these episodes and looking forward to having a brother Kyle back on here too, as we, as we move forward with this. And so, um, but man, I, I just want to hear from you a little bit first about, basketball Michigan basketball and how that's going because I know going into the season you had mentioned this before we we started recording this that you know I think all of our predictions for Michigan football last year were really well you know we said we had a nine nine game season the people in our schedule was very favorable in Michigan's uh, corner except probably for Ohio State which I'm glad we didn't end up playing them but we all <laughs> picked them to go either eight and one or nine and oh and they just completely like it's obviously the worst season in Michigan football history. I don't care what, whatever COVID has to do with it or not. Um, and then we, and then we, Zach, Zach, be real with me. Do you remember, do you know what the record was last year? I think it was like two and four. I think. I, I, I don't remember either. That's how bad it was. Like the fact that like we've completely erased it. I just remember the first week when we played Minnesota and Michigan, <laughs> yeah. did, Michigan did not look great but we were so brainwashed and they, I think they won 49 to 27 and we thought that they were going to be so good. And then the next week they just came out and laid an egg against Michigan state. It, it wasn't even that they laid an egg. They just didn't even show up. They didn't wear that Jersey with pride. They, they, they ran out of the tunnel just flat. And it was just so, it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing to the point that Becky told me, that if I'm going to continue to watch Michigan football, that I'm going to have to be on a vegetarian diet or else my heart's going to explode by the time I'm 35. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a big wake up, a big wake up call for me. And, and you know what, I guess talking a little bit about that, I heard some comments from, you know, Ambry Thomas and, and, and Nico Collins as they're getting ready for the pro draft. And, you know, they, they, they had asked Ambry why he decided to opt out, which, Hey, players decide those things for their future. I'm all for it. Um, but his decisions were, you know, his words were specifically that because the big 10 decided to, you know, delay the season and not really know what they want to do. He said, I'm not on the big 10s time. I'm on my own time, which I understand that for where he wants to go individually, but I just feel like the last four years or so um, with Harbaugh's recruits is they've been very individualistic. They, they've been very, mm. what can Harbaugh do for me? What can the program do for me so that I can be best prepared for the NFL so that I can make a name for myself so I can put money in my pocket, which again, I think that that is great that they, you know, a lot of these young men are coming from areas where they, you know, 
know, didn't have a lot growing up and they want to be able to provide for their family, maybe in a way that they didn't have. And so I get that, but man, football and team sports is such a thing, especially college football, where it is, it is about the team. I mean, that's what Bo established, you know, John F. Kenny is famous. It's not what you, it's not, it's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. What can I do for the team to help us be successful, to help the Michigan tradition go on? I just feel like, I mean, I, I think you can name off, 15, 20 players on the top of your head that have been more individualistic than not. And so um, I guess, you know, it's kind of off course, but what are your thoughts on that? And as far as the recruiting going forward with that and kind of what we need to see, which I think we're an upturn. I think with JJ McCarthy and Donovan Edwards and the guys that we have coming in have that dog eat mentality to where they just want to see the university of Michigan excel rather than just themselves. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. Um, uh, we, we have one recruit, uh, by the name of J.J. McCarthy, who was defending the school before he even stepped foot in the school. And, and that's the type of player we want. And uh, as much as, you know, we hyped up Bazooka Joe and, and you know, I, I do hope that he does well wherever he goes. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, that's the type of player we need at Michigan who's going to defend it, you know, through thick and thin. You know, this, this was a kid who, as a, as a high school senior, was standing up for Michigan and saying, just wait, we're going to get through this before you even put on the maize and blue. Um, and then I think bringing in a guy like Mike Hart to be the running backs coach, to be one of our top recruiters. I mean, you know, that, that name alone has so much weight at the university of Michigan. Uh, I remember texting you as soon as I saw the news and, <laughs> and it was before you even could see it. And you're like, what, you know, Mike Hart. Yeah. And, uh, and, and this is a, a Broyles Award finalist. This is a guy who can coach. This is a guy who knows how to represent the school. And, and, and also, he knows how to bring that edge back to Michigan. I mean, mm. this guy is the notorious, you know, little brother, yeah. uh, you know, statement. And so I, I think they're trying. Um, I think Michigan is showing that they're willing to be patient uh, with Harbaugh. By giving him that extension but there's also there's a leash now on hardball which i don't think was ever there yeah. um so you know we're listen it doesn't take much to get us hyped up no matter who's on that team with michigan that's that's who we are as just michiganders sports fans <laughs> i mean i could probably convince you right now that the lions are going to the super bowl because that's what we yeah. do in march we get they excited are. about our new coach our new gm uh, we get excited that we've got a new quarterback. You know, we talk draft like mock drafts are like, you know, my favorite thing to do as a as a Lions fans because it just hypes you up. Yeah, Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Therefore, Jared Goff is going to bring the Detroit <laughs> Lions to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's kind of our mindset. You know, we are uh, we are a brainwashed city with our sports. And look, Detroit is a sports town, man. It is. Uh, mm. It's great, and, and, and when your teams are doing good, and when I say when your teams are doing good, that means when the Lions are maybe making the playoffs and they're winning some exciting games, when the Tigers, at least in the last 15 years before, you know, after 2016, when they were, you know, going after pennant races, and when the Red Wings are winning Stanley Cups, which the Red Wings are, you know, probably one of the, st the, 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 the stamps on Detroit, and the, the Pistons are just the Pistons, you know, and it won a couple championships, you know, in the nineties and in the early two thousands, but they're just horrible now. And so, but we're brainwashed, man. Every year our teams are going to do it all every year. You know, our farm team system in baseball is going to win a world series. It's not going to happen, but for some reason we convince ourselves <laughs> right. that it's going to happen. Um, but no, it's a, 
it's good, man. It's good to it's good to have hope like that in a team. I guess that's not going to do it for you. And when it comes back to Michigan, I, I think it hits even more at home with Michigan football because Michigan football has one of the greatest traditions in college football. And so mm. when we're talking about getting back to winning Big Ten championships, even though it's been a while, we're not far removed from that. You know. I think we're talking early 2000s is when we won our last Big Ten championship, which for Michigan standards, that's awful. But in the collective you know, span of history, I guess, or the scope of history, it's really not too far off. So I, I don't think it's wrong for us to expect those things. Um, but whoever is going to be in there, you know what? Michigan's going to do it all. Their Bazooka Joe's going to bring us to the natty. And um, he, he's, he himself <laughs> is going to come up with a vaccine for COVID. And we're going to – you know, <laughs> do it all. And so, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I hope moving forward that they just, you know, have a plan in place that Harbaugh, and like you said, with ha- having the short leash on him, that he goes through with this plan, whether it wins or whether it loses, whether it passes or whether it fails, just stick to the plan, man. Stick to the plan and please just give us the starting quarterback before opening day or, or I guess before the, the first game of the season. Cause yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, that, that's with football. I think there's a lot of exciting things going on. Um, Ron Bellamy had talked about um, earlier that um, he, he got brought onto the staff and he first came on to uh, help coach wide receivers, which he was a wide receiver at Michigan. And see, as much as I try getting off track from Michigan football and getting to the important stuff right now with March Madness, I just find myself, it's like a virus. I just find myself still talking about Michigan football. Um, what happened with Ron Bellamy getting switched to the defensive backs coach? Like not even a week after he got hired on to coach wide receivers. I don't get that. I that's uh that's what everyone's trying to figure out and and how at that once they hired Bellamy and Harbaugh made it clear that he was going to be the quarterbacks coach, and then coming in and bringing in a quarterbacks coach who who by the way came from Baltimore, uh, which you know as good as Lamar Jackson is, he doesn't have a track record for being a great. Uh, throwing quarterback That's right. uh, is, is just really interesting. So, um, you know, lo- <laughs> if your brother was on right now, you know, we'd probably <laughs> be losing his mind, but I'm still in Harbaugh, you know, we trust and, um, yeah. and, but, but this is, this is a big year for them. It's, and unfortunately, I think this is, this is going to be one of the most depleted rosters for him to prove that with. Yeah, man, it, it is it is the biggest year. I, I guess my expectations are I don't care how you have to do it. You got to be at Ohio State. I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care that they have Ryan Day. I don't care what their roster is going to look like. Look, you need to find a way to be at Ohio State. If Bo could do it in his first year when Woody Hayes was at the top peak of his career, you can do it. Like, you got to find a way to beat him. I, I don't care how – I don't care if you have to – spoiled their lunch meat before the game like whatever needs to happen you got to be at ohio state and um if if kyle was on the show i mean i i think he's pretty i i think kyle's words to me were because they have a leash on harbaugh and because they made him like the 12th highest paid coach in the big 10 and that, that's really bad he said i feel good about it he said i would have been mad if he would have kept getting paid this high money and and still would have underperformed. He said, now that he's getting paid as what he's actually given to us, which is nothing, then he said, I feel better about it. He said, I'm good. You know, will he change it around? I think Kyle's pretty doubtful, but 
I think I think he feels better about the situation that Ward Manuel came in and kind of cracked down on some things. And I think Kyle's prediction for next year, he said six and six. I think that's what oh, he's going brother. for. Six and six, seven for five and or, or seven and five. Um, but I I don't know where I'm at yet. I yeah. think right now I tend to lean towards it's either going to be really good or really bad. I don't think there's any in between. I think we're either going to have a 10, maybe 11 win season, or it's going to be six, seven, maybe eight wins. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be like a classic nine. And yeah. So we'll see. Well, we need to see how the portal finishes out too, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the transfer portal <laughs> has created a free agency of type of, of college football. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you know it's it's you you talk about Ohio State and this is this is your uh, easy segue to talk about March Madness. I don't remember it ever feeling so good about Michigan basketball beating Ohio State in basketball. But like now that's like a big thing because we need that, right? We need some type of victory. Like I may start following the the tennis team and just see if we beat (laughs) Ohio State, the water polo team, the swimming team, whatever needs to happen. Look. I'm all I'm all about it, man. In in leading well into the basketball um, segment here, I think Jawan Howard showing. Look, I'm coming in here my second year now. Look, Beeline, Beeline, sorry, left the program a lot in a lot better condition than than Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke did for Harbaugh. Okay, I, I don't think those are even comparable situations. Understatement of the year. Yeah, but. With, to see what Jawan Howard has done, I mean, this basketball team, man, has, I think, was expected to finish in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. And that's coming from us, too. Like, we're brainwashed Michigan yeah. fans. And I think we said, look, if, if, if they can maybe make it to the tournament at least or maybe do something in the Big Ten tournament, like, I'd be happy with it. But to see them not only win the Big Ten outright, which Illinois, I know that they try to – claim the big 10 championship themselves they, they try to pull a ucf and say that they won all this stuff <laughs> michigan proved look they won the big 10 they lost to ohio state in the big 10 tournament which i didn't really feel bad about because it was by a point or so and it really didn't mean anything because i knew we were gonna have the number one seed anyway but well, now, i remember they just lost livers too they they just so they lost weren't ready livers. for that that's right they, yeah. they had just lost livers and now they're in the tournament and they're in the sweet 16 and yeah the first game is always like okay they're, they're playing like a 15 or 16 seed well i think what we've seen so far this year in the tournament is it doesn't matter what seed you are you have a chance to lose right. or you have a chance to win i mean I, I think in the sweet 16 there's more lower seeds than there, there has been in, at least in, as far as i can remember you know i think the last big the last low seed team i remember was the dayton flyers in 2014 or 15 or something that made some noise for a couple of years but have this many teams come in and knock off teams like Illinois, knock off teams like Ohio State, knock off literally every other Big Ten team that was told to be the best conference in basketball this year. It's just, it's amazing to see what Juwan Howard has done in year two and to see where they're going to continue to go. And by looking at the bracket, man, I think I think Michigan has a chance to make it to the Final Four. I, I think that they match up really well with Florida State and Alabama, which – you can't say Alabama's automatically going to get the Elite Eight bid, but as of right now, I think those are the teams I'm going with that Michigan's going to beat Florida State, and then they're going to go on and beat Alabama in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. Um, not saying Michigan's going to go win the whole thing this year, but I do I do have a good feeling of them at least making it to the Final Four. What are your thoughts on that? 
So a couple of things, uh, you know, I find it interesting that, that uh, Isaiah Livers traveled with the team into this bubble yeah. because they simply said indefinitely, right? And yep. uh, uh, I also love that Isaiah Livers is one of the main people uh, taking it to the NCAA with a not my property hashtag. Yep. Uh, so, you know, proud of him for that, you know, trying to make a difference even off the court. Um, but man, I, Jawan Howard is, is coaching. Well, you, you know, and to be fair, Jawan Howard was always, his name was always floated around for NBA jobs for other coaching jobs as you know, he's been groomed into this role. Mm. Um, but, but his ability to replace a player like Isaiah livers and for them really not to miss a beat yeah. has been incredible, you know, utilizing Brandon John, um, uh, more uh, and Eli Brooks. Eli Brooks has really stepped it up in that LSU yeah. game. He was red hot. Yeah. And then he just knows the exact perfect moment to bring Chandy Brown off the bench. Every and time. Chandy Brown is a defensive monster. He is. And, uh, and he's needs... got some shot to him, but. Yes. Yeah. And when he needs to hit a three, uh, he can hit a so... three. But I think, I think defensively, like you said, he's a defensive monster and he's the best that you're going to have. I mean, the guy's, the guy's incredible. Um, Eli Brooks is great. Chandy Brown is great. I think the big the, the biggest thing with Brandon Johns is that Jawan Howard has established trust in him and it has established yeah. a high confidence level. What are your thoughts on the way that he's maneuvered those situations, I guess, compared to maybe other teams in the Big Ten or even maybe even Beeline at times? Because I felt like at times if somebody went down with Beeline, if he didn't have a pure shooter on his hands, then – it was kind of hard to win games. You know, I, I, I say the old saying of live and die by the three. That's kind of how Beeline was. What are, what are you most impressed about how John Howard has interchanged those players? Yeah. So, uh, and, and I talked to a, a buddy of mine. He's, um, he's, he's followed college hoops his, his whole life. And, and one of the things that we both recognize is how every single player on that Michigan team knows their role. Mm. which is, is a much more difficult thing to execute than you would think. But, you know, every single player knows what their place is. Right. You know, you don't see Hunter Dickinson trying to, trying to show his NBA range at, in the three-point, <laughs> you know, at three-pointers. You don't see, you know, Mike Smith, you know, trying to, to do too much. You know, Chandy Brown knows what his job is, yeah. and that's to play defense and to be a spot-up shooter. And, mm -hmm. and that's the most impressive thing is how this team just plays together um, you know, and, and, you know, I wish the depth was a little bit more because I think that would help them in the tournament because in reality, this is just a seven, maybe eight deep team, but they're, they're doing it, you know? Um, and then, and then you've got your stud and I would consider the stud and in, in Wagner and in Franz Wagner, mm. uh, who, who is just kind of gluing everything and making things happen at the right time. I tell you what, man, you talk about an emotional roller coaster. Wagner brings me on emotional roller coaster every game because the first half I'm like, there's no way this guy's going to the NBA next year. He needs to stay another year. He needs to develop. He's inconsistent. And then the second half, it's like, oh man, he's going first round. Like he's he's, he's right. really good. And so it's just with, with him, man, he's so he's so good. And I think with his height, his his uh, his his shooting. I mean, on the perimeter, it's good. I kind of wanted to see him take more of a role than Nick Stauskas. I, th I think he, I think he's way better defensively than Nick Stauskas was, but sometimes I'll just love to see a little bit more consistency with him in that deep range shot. Um, and at times it's on, but when it's off, it's off. And so um, 
I think I think he's one of my favorite players on that team right now. What are your thoughts on him possibly going to the draft next year or staying at Michigan later? Yeah, so so, so I, I was looking at some mock drafts, and right now he's a lock to be a lottery guy. Yeah, and if if he's a lock to be a lottery guy, you know he's got to take care of himself. And yeah. and and let's be real, as much as we love this team, and you know you don't say no to a, a Franz Wagner staying. Yeah. <laughs> hey. The Calvary is coming next season, man. It is. I mean, number one recruiting class yeah. is just going to be loaded. Yeah. And then, you know, the expectation of Hunter Dickinson being the that, you know, second year guy who, yeah. you know, as goofy as I think Hunter Dickinson can be, man, goofy. he is a baller. Uh, I loved I loved when they went to Maryland and he was on the verge of getting a technical the entire time <laughs> reminding yeah. them that they didn't recruit him in his home state. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's an edgy, energetic team. The bench is always cheering for each other. Yeah. Um, you saw that more when there was no fans, yeah. but they're still always cheering each other on, and it's awesome. It's great, man. It's, it's really encouraging to see because, you know what, that's exactly what Michigan football didn't bring to the table this year. They Ooh. they brought – Back no, to Michigan football. <laughs> this is just really quick. They brought zero energy. They 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 brought up zero energy within themselves to root on for their team. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you see a big – I forgot what game it was. I think maybe it was Michigan State. Ronnie Bell caught such an amazing pass. Like, it was a bad pass by Bazooka Joe, and he just reached up, he caught it, and the whole – all the sideline didn't even move. Didn't even, like, jump up and down. It was just a very stagnant, like – then you look at Michigan basketball and everybody's just in it all the time. And, and I think for them generating their own um, energy and stuff this season has just really helped them out. And I tell you, man, it's a, it's a close-knit team and it starts with the head coach. I think Juwan Howard treats them like sons, treats them like brothers. He's hard on them, but – He's also developed some really close relationships. And so I think – And, and you see him fight for him too. He I mean, literally almost fight him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he was ready to throw some throw some cuffs at uh, Mark Turgeron. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, that was another silly thing. At first I was like, man, maybe he did overreact about something. But then you look at the interview um, of the coach from Maryland. I forgot his name. Uh, did you just say it or – Mark Turgeron, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't pronounce his last name. He said uh, he just told Juwan not to talk to him, and that was oh. it. But then you look at the video, and you see him walking up to Juwan and putting his finger in his face. And it's just like, dude, <laughs> you're not going to do that to a guy from Southside Chicago. Like, you're right. You know, and, and then expect zero retaliation. And the whole time, Juwan's kind of just like, come on, man, we're, we're not going to do that, right? Like, let's not do that here. And then he puts his finger in his face, and, you know, he, he obviously felt like he was backed up by the refs in the Big Ten. He, he went and cried to them before the game and told them what was going on. And it was just it was just silly. But, yeah, I love it, man. I love how he backs up his players. I love that he beat Ohio State. I love that he's beating Michigan State. I mean, Tom Izzo's – gosh. He's got him. He's got him on the corner of the, the, the ring, man. He's just back up against the wall. Um, I'm sure Izzo will continue to – be consistent and be good. But I just feel like with Juwan Howard, the way, the way he's running the team, the, the close relationships he's building, man, is just, it's been phenomenal. It's been really, it's been really cool to, to watch. I know, for, I think it was during the Maryland game, Becky was like, I would, I would die for Juwan Howard. Like, he just seems like a great <laughs> guy. Like, he just, 
he serves his players. He loves his players. Like he's a he's a great coach, and he's proven a lot of people wrong so far. So, what do you? Uh, All right, cra- crazy question. Yeah, who would win in a fist fight, Jim Harbaugh or Jawan Howard? Oh, Jawan Howard. I think, think I think so? for one, Jim Harbaugh physically, he's got a bad hip ever since he tried to run a route in a uh, pregame <laughs> warm up in 2016. He walks around with a limp. Jim Harbaugh's crazy now. He's a uh, yeah. That, that's that's the X factor. I think he's a lunatic. Um, but then again, man, like I think I think Juwan Howard just Southside Chicago. I think he's got. Yeah. I think he's got style. He's got a plan. I mean, you see the plan working with his basketball team, playing the way they're playing. I think he'd have a plan in a fist fight. I think Jim Harbaugh's just like I have no plan. I'm just gonna chaos. I'm just gonna start throwing dirt up and doing whatever. And um, I think, I think Juwan Howard would win in that one. What about you? Well, I would say uh, within the first five seconds, Harbaugh's going shirtless, throwing dirt up in the air. Uh, Somehow's going to have cleats on already. <laughs> he's going to be wearing nothing but cleats and underwear. And Jack, Jack Harbaugh's going to come out. Jack Harbaugh's going to come out and give him a pep talk or something. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going i'm going yeah. with juan howard man i hope no for sure but but the moral victory speech harbaugh gives after will be just classic oh it will be it will be yeah be. he's getting good at those he is it's like look he said you know my plan is to win championships and win a lot of them and i think we're getting close we're, we're almost there as as his eyes hanging out and as he's yeah as i'm still shirtless <laughs> still shirtless just bruised up all over I can guarantee that Jim Harbaugh's sitting there like we're closer than we've ever been. We're about to bust this thing wide open. Like, it's just like, but that, but that's his moral victory speech after every game. I mean, that's it. Did, didn't we lose to Rutgers this year? I'm pretty sure we lost to Rutgers, or we almost lost or something. His moral victories is like, I love this team. They they fight hard. We're really, I think you're really about to see. I think we're about to push put this thing over the top and. Anyway, I think that I think that's the outcome with him and Jawan Howard in a fist fight. Um, let's talk about your prediction for where Michigan's going to go in this tournament so far. I, I kind of gave you mine again in my bracket. If I have Michigan going to the Final Four, I have to have them winning it because I'm not going to do that. Oh yeah. If I think they're good enough to get there, then I have to place them to win it. Um, but honestly, I mean, I, I don't know. Gonzaga's playing well, even though I don't like them. I, I think they're playing really well. Um, that I, I think it's really a toss-up once you get to the final four. Baylor, man, if, if they keep shooting the way they're shooting, just playing, I, I think it's I think it'd be hard to beat them. The good thing is Michigan is the best defensive team in the league right now in, in the tournament. And so yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think we're gonna beat FSU. I think we'll be the winner of the Alabama game. I think we'll make it to the final four. But up from there, I mean it's really a I guess it's a toss-up. What do you think? So, I think I think uh, Florida State. So we're playing Florida State first. Yep. Florida State's very athletic, uh, very much like LSU. Uh, they can't shoot as well as LSU, um, which made me really nervous. LSU was shooting lights out from the beginning. Um, I so I think we're gonna be all right. You know, honestly, when I was first looking at the bracket, Texas made me really nervous. Ironically, yeah. out of all of them. Yeah. And. and we all know what happened to Texas against uh, Abilene Christian. So, you know, man, like 
it's all about the depth. If the depth, if these guys can keep legs underneath them, then I think they're going to be good. And if yeah. not, then, it, you know, we could see it fall apart quickly. Yeah. Uh, I almost, because of my track record on the Gulo of uh, being just completely wrong, whether it's about football or basketball, I want to say they lose this game yeah. and then just be wrong. And just win every game here on out. Yeah. That's it might it. be the best. Yeah. I'm going to take one for the team and just be really wrong again. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be a, a good decision. Gosh, man, that might be a good plan from here on out. Just Michigan's going to lose this game against FSU. Michigan's going to lose every game in football. We're never going to be at Ohio State. Imagine the sponsorships you'll get just for, for you to keep saying they're going to lose. Yeah. Wow, that, yeah, that'd be crazy because then, then they start winning every game. And then watch – I. I I think there will be a game against like Appalachian State again. We'd be like, oh, yeah, this one, we're definitely going to win this one. I mean, I, I can't say no to this one. Well, we know what happened. <laughs> Which by, uh, I, I, I had to look. Uh, we had to go to three overtimes against Rutgers Goodness to sakes, win. Man. Unreal. We, we went two and four. Like, that's how much, how little I remember of last season because it was just so like traumatizing. Kyle and I joke around because I, I figured it out and I found out that Lloyd Carr lives in Greenville and that's, that's where we're, hey. that's where I'm living at now. And I told Kyle, and, and I guess he comes to the same coffee shop that I go to every Wednesday. And so I'm like, man, one day I'm going to run into him and Kyle and I have a nickname for him called Poppy. And we're just going to walk up to him and just be like, Poppy, like we need to assemble the team back together. You have to go back to A2 and we got, we got to get this thing back on the right track. So we, we have like a, a running joke that Lloyd Carr would somehow come out of retirement and, and go back up to Ann Arbor and um, put us back on the right track. But I don't know if that's Please, please promise me if you see Lloyd Carr, you refer to him as Poppy. <laughs> hey, Poppy, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> Gosh, man. Anyway, that yeah, so I, I hope Michigan does it. Um, is that, is that your honest prediction for them? Or do you think, uh, no, I, I, I think the way that they're playing, man, honestly, I think they, they go to the final four and lose to Gonzaga. Yeah. I think Gonzaga is just too deep for them. They're good. I think where Michigan runs into trouble is, uh, teams that can shoot and that are fast. I think, I think Michigan does better with slow ball. And I think once they, they start playing fastball. And if, and if they're scoring, if, if they're missing, then it's different because Michigan can take that momentum and turn it back into their slow-move offense and stuff. But if Gonzaga's making every shot or if Baylor's making just about every shot and they're moving fast, I, I think it's going to be really hard for Michigan to, um, you know, come back. I do love the fight in them, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be too much. So, again, I think they'll make it to the Final Four, but what's going to happen there, I, I have no idea. Um, anything can happen, but – I think Gonzaga is looking pretty dangerous. And so, but uh, yeah. I think we're going to, yeah, I, I think we'll do well. I think we'll do well. But um, a couple weeks ago, I don't, I don't think I told did, did, did I tell you that my father in law uh, broadcasted a game for Michigan baseball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me the, the video, the shout out you got. And, and I didn't tell you this part. Uh, I When you sent me the video, of your father-in-law giving you a shout out on national television. I like just instinctively said, man, I wish my, my father-in-law gave me a call out. 
like right in front of my wife. And I, I got in a little hot water over that one because uh, I was quickly reminded that my father-in-law has met Justin Verlander multiple times and signed a uh, signed something for me. So that is, yeah, you know. I th- yeah, I'm, I'm glad she brought you back to reality pretty quick. So that's been, uh, that's a pretty cool thing for him to do, especially because your father-in-law is a Cubs fan, right? right? Uh, he's a Bears fan. Bears. He's fan, not okay. really much of a baseball fan. Okay. He had no idea who Justin Verlander is. He referred to him as Kate Upton's husband. Man, I was in I was in I was in bad shape at that point, man. It's like you you want to accept the autograph, and and you do accept it, but you don't start talking trash until after you get it because you you want to make sure that that autograph is safe in your hands, and then you can start spilling you know your anger on how he should know who Justin Verlander is. Right. Yeah. Man, yeah. It, so it, it was a it was a couple of weeks ago. So. Michigan and Purdue came and did a, a, a series down here in, in Greenville. And obviously what they do during the first month of baseball is they, they play around the country because it's warmer and, you know, the, the fields up north are still probably pretty frosted over and iced over. Um, I know Michigan State plays in Greenville at Floor Field every single year. And so I'm hoping that Michigan will start that tradition and do that because then I can actually go into the game. But because of COVID protocols, the Big Ten wasn't letting anybody in and when my father-in-law says that he can't get us in, it means he can't get us in because he, he's also the voice of the Greenville Drive and he does the radio broadcasts and stuff. And so um, for, for him not to be able to get us in, it was like, look, man, the Big Ten had some pretty tight protocols. But he gave us that shout-out, and I went and rewatched the game later that evening um, just to kind of see what happened because I didn't get out of church until the fifth inning. And so he gave us another shout-out at the beginning and – Man, it was, just, it was just really cool, and so it was a cool moment. I got teary-eyed, I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, my father-in-law, who's like a baseball and sports encyclopedia, like the guy's got more info than if you look up on uh, Wiki Notes or whatever on Google, how they change everything every five seconds. Like, he's faster than that. And so, um, but uh, I think it's Wiki. Maybe not, I don't know. Yeah. Is it? Is that, did I get that right? What, Wikipedia? Wikipedia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of something different. Did I just come up with a, a really bad, like, half name for Wikipedia? No, no. Like, there are other things, like, that are wikis that, you know, like, uh, people build out as, like, uh, you know, like, there's a Star Wars wiki, you know. Okay, whatever. okay, okay. I got, I got you. So okay. you're good. You don't have to edit out. You didn't say anything inappropriate. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, man. I'm, I'm still battling the flu, so, but, uh, yeah, man, so, so her dad was able to call that game, and he's got so much knowledge and stuff, and so just, just learning things about how floor field is designed, just like, you know, Fenway, and how the little crease in the in center field is, uh, I guess, more towards right field, a little indent, um, the Penske pole, like, all those things are just like Fenway. I, I think he said, except the green monster is a little bit shorter at floor field, and the the wall in right field is a little bit higher at floor field than it is in, at Fenway. But anyway, random thoughts. But uh, it was really cool to, to hear him call the game. And um, what made it better later that day was he called the Michigan State-Northwestern game. And I turned it off at the bottom of the eighth because Northwestern was uh, – or Michigan State was up on Northwestern. And the Northwestern walked it off against Michigan State at the bottom of the ninth. And so I thought that was pretty cool that he got to call that game and that Michigan State lost. But uh, – Let's kind of fast forward a little bit to uh, um, – because I know, I know Michigan baseball is doing great. I think college baseball is a southern sport. 
Um, so I, I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win a national title this year, but I think they have a good chance to win the Big Ten and make a decent indent or, or make a decent run in, um, you know, in the, in the tourney. No, no, no. You, you got to remember, this is how we do things. They're going to do terrible. They're yeah. going to lose all their games. They're going to lose all their games. Right? They're never going to win another game anymore. <laughs> they're, gosh, they're, they're going to forget to bring their bats to the games. They're not going to bring – You're right. They're going to bring cork bats. They're going to pull a Sammy Sosa, and they're going to come up, and they're just going to do a bunch <laughs> of illegal stuff, and they're going to be the worst baseball team in college history. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing me back to ground, man. That's right. They're, they're going to do awful. Right. But uh, speak, speaking of baseball, spring training for a major league is uh, coming to an end. And I think opening day is in, is in the next week or so. And what's great, too, is minor league is kicking off in May. And as I said, my, my father-in-law calls the, the radio for the Greenville Drive. And so I'm excited even for minor league to, to get up and going. But, man, I'm excited about this Detroit Tigers team. Um, I, I think they got rated the number – number two or so farm system in America this year. And so again, they're going to do bad. They're going to lose every game. They're, they're not going to do anything well, but if I'm being honest, I, I, I think a big, a big win for, for the Tigers this year would win 60, 65 games. Um, they're a really good farm system. It, they did show some good stuff in spring training, but they also let up. I, I feel like as the game went on, they just continue to let up a lot of runs and their pitching rotation still isn't, you know, where I guess we're, we would think it needs to be at. Then again, we're used to having Verlander, Scherzer, um, all those guys there on the mound rotating in and out. And so, um, but yeah, man, I want to hear your thoughts a little bit on what you think about opening day, what to expect from the Tigers this year, um, what you're excited about, and also some realistic expectations for where we're at as a ball club and what, it, what it's going to take to kind of get back to the pennant race that we had for about 10 to 12 years. Yeah, so with the Tigers, man, you know, I, it doesn't matter, you know, how, you know, how, what their expectations are. Opening day in my household is a, is a holiday, mm. right? My wife knows that we're doing the hot dogs. We're doing, right. you know, Coney dogs. grilling, right? And because uh, it's just, it's, there, there's 162 games. And yeah. that first one gives all of us hope. Yeah. Lord knows as Detroit fans, we love hope. Yep. Just as much as anyone. And, uh, and I, and I'm excited about the Tigers team this year. You know, it's young. Um, you know, we're going to see a lot of Casey Mize. We're going to see a lot of Tarek, uh, Tariq Scruble. Uh, unfortunately, yep. we're probably going to see a lot of Matt Boyd and, and I'm hoping I'm wrong about Matt Boyd that he can turn it around. And then right behind it, we've got Matt Manning, um, you know, hopefully Joey Wentz. So the prospects are coming. Um, yep. Riley Green, you know, had a, had a, it wasn't a great spring, but he got some reps in with the big guys. Spencer Torkelson, you know, yep. Spencer Torkelson didn't have a great spring, but once again, he got tasted a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the, the hope is there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do because uh, with the rule five pick, Akil Badu mm-hmm. uh, really shocked everyone and ended up hitting like 340 in spring with, uh, with a few home runs. And we're going to have to keep them. And we're going to have to figure out how we're going to manage five outfielders um, for the, for the majority of the season. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, There's a lot that we're probably going to be yelling at in June or July, (laughs) (laughs) but what's important is, you know, we, we just keep trusting that it's coming. Uh, We keep our eyes on the prospects. I, at this point, I probably know our farm system better than our actual 
you know, yeah. 25 man roster, because that's, that's what we get excited about. So, well, yeah. Uh, I think we're right. Dakota has them. No, go What's ahead. That? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I was going to say, Dakota has them at 65 and a half wins. Hmm. I think that's about accurate. I would like to take the over on that. Yeah. Um, I think they're maybe a 67, 71 season. It, it, but it really depends on, you know, if, if some of these rentals are overachieving and we decide to sell them off for some more prospects, that may hurt us um, in the win total of the second half of the season, which yeah. I'm fine with. If, if we're going to be bad, let's be bad. Let's continue to build something. Yeah. Well, you know what I, I think like you hit on too is Detroit is just a city that if they have hope, then it's a fun sports town, you know? Mm. And, and I think if, if as Tigers fans, if, if we see the ball club progressing, we know that the farm system that's coming through is going to, is going to really pull through for us in the next five years, four to five years. I think it's, I think it gets the city excited because they know what's coming. And um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Matt Boyd. I I think he's, you know, he's, he's got maybe another season or so to redeem himself. It just goes to show you where we're at as a, as a, in our pitching rotation that when, when Matt Boyd is your, your guy, when Matt Boyd is your, your guy who's starting on the mound on opening day, like kind of goes to show where we're at right now. And it's like, man, we, we have a lot of room to grow, but I love the way and I love the route that we're, we're walking with this. You know, when Illich first started bringing in all those players in the mid two thousands, I mean, he spent big money and we finally just paid off Prince Fielder's contract this past year. And we we were just in so much debt paying off so many, like, gosh, that's probably why they, they, they keep raising the prices at the ballpark, but my uncle has a fun joke. I think the last time we went to the Tigers game was Verlander's last year there. And uh, he said, uh, man, the prices are rising. I said, yeah. I was like, I wonder why that is. He's like, well, they got to pay off Prince Fielder's contract somehow. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I guess, I guess now with, with all that big money gone, we can put it in smart places and we can build the right way. Um, you know, I, I think like when Sparky Anderson came, um, in the late seventies and early eighties, when he, you know, the, the, the roar of 84, he said, look, this is a five-year process and he did it the right way. And Detroit won a world series and had a chance to win a couple. And, um, you know, and so I, I think, I, th- I think there's a lot of upside. Um, I think I would say 60 to 65 wins just cause I think I'm more on the pessimistic side, you know, of just Michigan sports in general. I think I'd be happy with 60 to 65, but, uh, um, man, if we could get to 70, like, that's a huge success because we know that players are being developed and that they're fighting and that they're, they're continuing long, longevity wise to get better. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited that we, we signed Shoop again. Uh, he's, he's a, uh, I think when you say like, who's my tiger right now, he's, he's a guy on a very depleted starting roster during baseball season that I get excited about because I feel like, I feel like he's like the Eli Brooks, you know, he's not, the most he's not the main part of the team but without him the team is completely just falling apart and so um <laughs> there's your headline of the podcast jonathan <laughs> Shoop is the eli brooks of the tigers oh man <laughs> that's it's, deep cuts right there man i love it, it it is deep cuts but but i think it's positive you know i, I think i think the roster yeah. and where they're at right now is we have to be realistic of where we are but we also can be hopeful for where we're going. And right now, man, Jonathan Shoup is a guy that just, I think, holds that team together. He's, he's a veteran guy, which he's really not that old, but the Tigers are just so young that um, he yeah. seems like he's the old man and stuff. And so I hope they keep him on and um, they continue to pull this thing in the right direction. And let's not forget about A.J. Hinch. I, I think 
Yeah. I think he's going. I think he's going about the right way. I think he's he's a great man for the job. Um, he has he has an opportunity to kind of rewrite himself as a, as a manager. And uh, you know, um, quick random shout out to Brandon Inch, who's a volunteer first base coach or whatever for uh, for Michigan. And so it's pretty cool. My ADD's. Well, don't good. don't don't fall too much in love with uh, with Jonathan Scope because uh, his replacement Isaac Paredes. Yeah, is just got sent back down to the minors. He's he's coming, man. Well, did, didn't he come up and play some games for us last year in the COVID season? He did. He did. He's got a pretty strong bat too. I mean, I think yep. the guy's trying to kill the ball every single time he swings. But uh, I wonder if it, I, I think it was a, against Cleveland or something, or maybe Minnesota, where he hit his first home run or something like that. But the dude just has so much power behind it, and so. Um, I think it would be exciting to see him develop as well. Again, man, a lot of upside, a lot of upside. But uh, yeah. I think all together we're, uh, we're, we're looking pretty good. And do um, you have any, any thoughts on, on anything that we've talked about or anything that you're, that's on your mind or anything that maybe you weren't able to get off? Uh, man, it's just good to be talking to you. It's good yeah. to just decompress and talk about Michigan sports, yeah. um, you know, Right now we're in the season of patience as, as Michigan sports fans, you know, we got to be patient with the Tigers. Yeah. Got to be patient with the Lions, with the Red Wings. Uh, Don't have to be as patient with, with Michigan football. I feel like we've been patient. We've been very patient. Yeah. um, You know, so, you know, it's, it's where we're going to get excited. We're going to cheer for them. And then we're also going to yell at our TV and that's, (laughs) that's what we do. Yeah. That's how it is, man. I, I think the next time we come on, we're uh, probably do an episode the next couple of weeks or month or so. But when we come on next, we'll we'll kind of debrief March Madness. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit again about Michigan football and where where we see things headed after spring ball is over with, and how the Tigers' first month or so um, of baseball is going. The cool thing about that is um, the Tigers play, I think, at one fifteen, and the Reds play at four thirty. And so for opening day our family gets to both enjoy games at separate times to where we can, um, we're not having to switch back and forth, but we're able to watch one game and we're able to watch the other game. So, cause I'm um, obviously my, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say the question is going to be is, is Cooper going to have to change onesies in between games? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Which is good. I, I've really come to, I love history and sports history and, Man, the Cincinnati Reds is a ball club that has a lot of history. I mean, they're they're like the first Absolutely. you know major league baseball team to ever come to, and you know they have the 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 big red machine in the seventies. And obviously, my father in law is a, a huge Reds fan. He actually he, he used to write paper for the Williamson paper in West Virginia, but he would travel to um, Cincinnati um, to do interviews with players and stuff like that. And he has like so many connections up there, so it, it's really cool to see their side on their their love for baseball for that city and stuff. And um, yeah, so we'll definitely switch him in and out and he'll grow up and, um, you know, whether he wants to root for one or the other, you know, um, but I do know that he'll, he'll be forced to root for at least both until he's 18. So, um, so here's what you do. You, you give him a plate of skyline chili, which I love. And then you, you give him, you, you're a skyline guy. I, I love skyline chili. It, I, I heard it's one of those things where you either really enjoy or you just hate there. There's no, yeah. middle, there's, there's no middle ground. There's something about that spicy cinnamon in it. I, I just love dude. I love it on the hot dogs. I love like, yeah, I, I'm a skyline chili fan. It's good. Right, stuff. Well, 
I can't I can't make any arguments. I mean, I was gonna say we're macking off fudge, but you know. Well, I think those are two completely different things. I think I think I think he can enjoy both of those. I think he can eat the skyline chili and then he can, you know, curb that um all that sodium and stuff and he can eat something sweet and he can chase it down with some some Mackinac fudge. Which we're gonna start yeah. doing a uh, our family's gonna start doing a yearly trip up to Cincinnati and uh, Michigan every summer in, in July because they what West Michigan where I grew up at, we have the Coast Guard Festival up there every year. And so we're gonna go up there this summer. We're going to enjoy the Coast Guard Festival. We're going to go to Wrigley Field for a Cubs game. Cubs and the Reds are playing at Wrigley, and so we're going to go there. And um, then we're going to go to Detroit on that Sunday. We're going to watch the Detroit game. I think they're playing in Baltimore. And then we're going to go down on our way out and go hit up Cincinnati for a day or so, and we're going to watch the ball game there. I think they're, I think they're playing the Twins. And so we have a fun baseball-filled summer coming up, and uh, I think for the years to come, as we make it a tradition for our family, where we can go catch a Tigers game and a Reds game every year. So that's awesome. It'll be fun, and, and and I told Becky definitely one of these years when we're up there, I want to bring her up to Mackinac because she's just got to she's got to witness that that experience. But uh, yeah, and burners, you got to have yeah. some burners. I told well, her you're, you're sick. Why aren't you drinking burners right now? <laughs> I told her so. Our our, uh, our our church family up here in Greenville, they they dropped off some uh, ginger ale and, and a bunch of great stuff. And her family dropped off a bunch of great stuff for us to to kind of heal up and um, you know get our energy back and stuff like that. But I told her, I said, I need some burners. Like I need to get some burners, and for some reason, that is like the thing that just puts the tip of the iceberg on. It puts the icing on the cake to help me heal better. Is is good old burners and stuff. And so I know they sell some at Publix, so I'll have to go there and maybe grab a six-pack or so of it. But uh, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. But uh, yeah. anyway, look forward to our next time together. And hopefully when we're talking, Michigan uh, wins the Final Four. And we can, be, we can be hopeful about things to come. Yes, sir. All right, man. Yeah, you have a good one. Uh, I'll talk to you soon.